All right, Andrew, um, start the episode in three, two, one. Okay, so I'm very excited for this episode um, because I can finally say what's really happening with Jordan. So last week, uh, we sort of announced that Jordan was going on vacation but I am happy to announce that he actually has been put in a re-education camp and he will be gone all week. And I, I really hope that when the week is over, he will come back a halfway decent podcaster. So it, I, I really hope that they're beating him into submission and teaching him how to like not eat on mic and stuff. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so for th- today's episode, I am blessed. To be to be joined by um, the West Coast uh, Undersecretary for Bolchevix California Division, um, Hollis Black. Hi everyone, I'm here to vape with you about socialism. See, this is this is the quality content that we that we're trying to bring people. Um, so, thank you so much, buddy, for for doing this. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I've been trying to incorporate you in the show for a while. Um, <laughs> do you want to do all your little about me stuff now and get that out of the way? Uh, man, it's it's hard to figure out what that even entails anymore. Uh, my whole life got upended recently. I was a comedian, but then fascism started happening, and I got too angry about fascism to be funny anymore. But then I started comedy again, but then a plague happened. And then I lost my home and my job, and so I just moved into North Hollywood, I think I'm still a comedian. Hi, I'm Hollis Black. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> that rocks. I mean, like it—it it rocks because it sucks so bad. Right. You have an inf- an infinite well of material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I've been like joking with my friends that you can like gauge how distressed I am by how often I punctuate sentences with a Fozzie Bear style waka waka. Just like, yeah, unemployed girlfriend love me. Waka waka. Just like. I don't know what the fuck else to do. <laughs> that that again, it rules because it sucks so fucking bad. So so you're in like North Hollywood, but so did you do any of the like um, demonstration or protest stuff in LA? No, I when we weren't allowed to. to go outside. I I wanted to. I mean, I've I've done protests in the past. Like I I was protesting at ICE headquarters in LA for a bit, uh, which was real fucking sad when you realize that like, oh, that tower is full of people and they are flashing lights at you and like trying to do Morse and shit at you. And then you realize that like, oh, there's only like 10 of us. There's nothing we can do without just getting our asses kicked physically. Um, And then the protest started really winding up, but I moved in with my best friend, a former bandmate, uh, Alex Johnson, but Alex is high risk for COVID. So I've just kind of had to sit on the sidelines and yell on Twitter and try and give money where I can. Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy that, um, that the, I didn't know that the ice people were, were doing Morse code with the lights. I had heard that that was a thing that people were doing, but yeah, yeah. I got, I got some on video off to send it to you later. It was, fucking brutal to realize i just started crying right there because like what do you do when you realize you're next to a concentration camp you know i oh my god i think the most frustrating part about that is realizing how fucking dumb i am that i don't know any type of morse code like i that i know sos and that's it (laughs) that i would that would be so frustrating for them to go through all the effort of of figuring out a way to get morse code out into the world and then it's just a bunch of dumb shits like me and they're like oh they're like flicking the lights off and on or something is the, is the electricity fucked up in there <laughs> yeah totally well it's it's like funny too because like when i went it was uh the dsa were most of the people uh outside protesting and then i realized that like some people were like code breaking and like writing down the morse and translating it and i'm watching like other people are like cooking and like creating communal meals creating like washing stations for people who like want to camp out for the duration of the protest and then you just it just hits real hard they're like oh i don't actually have any skills these people are ready to like just camp in the woods and take over the government and i just i don't know i got some dick jokes shit (laughs) i should have studied something that would be so tight if you threw them back up some 
if you tried to do a set, like like <laughs> give him a tight five in Morse code. Oh no. I wonder if they would appreciate that if they're like, please help us, we're dying, and you're like, one time when I went to a bar in Austin, and then just tried to give them a whole little anecdote. Click, 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 click. You guys ever think about the fact that wieners are inflatable? That's weird, right? For an external body part? Kind of weird. And they're just begging for food. Oh no. It would be sick. <laughs> it would be sick if that happened and then the Morse code just stopped on their end. <laughs> Just, just the equivalent of crickets, only just in a very, very dire situation where they're being held hostage by the fucking government. It would be tight. It would be tight to learn Morse code just so I can learn how to say we're the Bolsheviks. Podcast makes me realize how much I don't fucking know. Talking about how he's gonna put a boot in your ass because it's the American way. That was fun. That was tight. I will. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna, I'm in this, man. I'm in it to win. Historical trolling is the funniest shit. Oh, never gonna have sex again. All right, we're done. I'm ending it. I'm ending it. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Fuck yeah. Um, so with the California shit, I don't know a lot about what's going on over there. Because anytime someone brings up your governor's name, I think of No Doubt. Because I'm pretty gotcha. sure someone in No Doubt's name was Gavin, maybe. or Yeah, yeah, I think or so. Or Gwen Stefani was married to someone named Gavin. Probably. Yeah, I, I have no idea why, but every time I hear Gavin Newsom's name, I just think... What was that song? Uh, hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey. Like, dun, that's dun, just. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 a- yeah. Andrew, can you tell us if there's a no doubt connection here? Fucking idiots. Gavin Rossdale was married to Gwen Stefani until 2016. He is the lead singer and guitarist for Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate your diligency. Um, so, basically. Can you tell me, like, what's going on, like, in general? Like, what's the vibe in California right now? It's very strange. Um, Because I I just experienced, like, two parts of California in kind of rapid succession. Um, Because I was living in Santa Monica until this last weekend. And out there, things are lackadaisical, but, like, in a bad way. Like, it's... um, no protests were going on near me as far as I knew. Um, and I just saw a lot of like very waspy people walking around without masks, which almost made me angrier because like I understand conservative and poor people who, who won't wear the mask. I at least get it that like they think there's a conspiracy. They think the mm-hmm. government wants to control them. Like they're wrong, but I at least understand it. But when it came to like the like, waspy crunchy munchy yoga people it was just this thing of like oh you just don't care you're just that affluent that nothing bothers you and you will not change your life or anything and that angers me more i would almost say and now i mean i feel like those people are hiding behind health insurance and like healing crystals and shit. exactly exactly yeah like I, i feel like if i brought up most of the things going on with them they legitimately wouldn't know what half the things I'm talking about are. And I'm not even particularly well-informed. Like, it's it's frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. Then out here in North Hollywood, um, I, I used to come out to this area a lot for stand-up, and there is always, like, a fair amount of homeless people, but I'm seeing more of them lately, like, way more than when I used to come out here, and a lot of them are justifiably angrier. And Do you think that the that the increase in homeless people is because their the the pre-existing population has become more visible or do you think that these are like new homeless people like they're new money homeless people rolling it's, in? It's um it's a little bit of both but I'd say it's primarily the former. Um Yeah. Cuz that's a that's a thing too is like our police have always just been fucking shitheads to the homeless like Ever since Reagan, like, that was a big thing around here was, like, if you were in a mental asylum, they would just ship you out and drop you off at a bus stop in, like, Van Nuys or something, or Tarzana. And um, 
So, yeah, like, police have been getting worse. They've been kind of corralling people more and more. But then you also combine that with, like, now the evictions are starting to hit. And we're having to protest to be like, hey, maybe don't kick people out during a pandemic. You know, so it's it's a lot of different pieces of shit hitting the fan all at once. Yeah, I was going to actually touch on that or ask that. So is your eviction court like open now? Like, are they actively pursuing the eviction? Like the sheriffs are coming to the doors? Yes, they are. Um, Which is weird because to my knowledge, courts are still closed. And yet I just saw a video the other day of like sheriffs going to like trying to evict people. So I'm not sure how they're doing it, but evictions are happening. Yes. Yeah, so that's like, so for my job, like I do the courier stuff still, and mm-hmm. we work with the courts pretty closely. And that was sort of like a thing that we were trying to figure out at work too, because like, you know, like up until pretty recently, like we weren't doing anything with anything like housing related because those courts were closed. And then as soon as like the courts like open back up, whatever that meant, we were getting like huge stacks of eviction letters, Mm -hmm. you know, like paperwork that we had to file. And so I don't know exactly like how quickly they are being processed, but I know that even in like Baltimore, they are starting to slowly do it, but like, it's taking them a very long time. So I didn't know like with California, if they're being more efficient in that manner. Cause obviously like bureaucratically, like Baltimore isn't like really like tip top, like on top of their shit, which mm-hmm. it's, it, it, that benefits like us normal people because like everything's really backed up. So people are getting some leeway, but they are starting to happen. Um, and it, it just becomes a whole fucking mess with like getting people actually like into the eviction court and stuff. But like, yeah, I would, I was especially curious with the greater LA area and like, you know, like who's getting even kicked out? Like, is it normal people? Like, are, are, do you think that we are going to see some affluent people like having to figure out like housing uh, situations or do you think that it just normal people like us are going to get fucked? Um, I can only give an educated guess, but like, yeah, I'm going to guess that the poor will be targeted first. Like, I feel like most people from affluence are... It's going to take longer to get to the richer neighborhoods that can't afford it, if I had to guess. But yeah. I could be way off base. Because maybe yeah, those landlords no, I... are extra greedy and they ask for bigger rents. So, I don't know. Yeah, because that, that, that's something that, like... Because the housing market in my general area obviously everywhere it's become completely upended but ours is kind of interesting because a lot of the people who rent in baltimore are students we have like a pretty mm-hmm. high student population especially in like my general neighborhood mm-hmm. and now that uh classes aren't happening in person for the fall we're seeing a lot of rental properties become vacant almost and then yeah a yeah. lot of these landlords are sure yeah, and so then a lot of landlords are like, fuck it, like, I can't sit on this house, you know, and just mm-hmm. eat this mortgage for six months to a year, who knows when, so I'm just going to fucking put it on the market real quick. And I, I, I'm i always curious when I talk to people from other parts of the country to see sort of, like, if that's going to, like, how COVID is going to be affecting their housing market, like, in terms of, like, who's not coming back, who's, like, not, uh, you know, uh, renewing their lease type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, California was pretty good for a while and just holding off and being, like, no evictions allowed. And so this is a pretty new, like, a couple-day-old development that we're starting to get the evictions, as far as I know. So I'm also pretty curious about that, uh, especially because, like, California as a whole, I can't speak to, but like Los Angeles area, like it's like 80% apartments. There aren't that many houses. It's a pretty Mm -hmm. like cramped area. Um, So I'm very curious to see how it's going to play out. I know a lot of venues have closed down, like a good chunk of like places where I used to play in punk bands and like do stand up at like, they just won't exist when this is all over. And that's, real weird to see i've already seen like the first of a the first instance of a oh i played there once now it's an empty storefront weird 
So that's going to be happening more. And yeah, more. no, we're. Oh, 100 percent. We we've been seeing that over here as well. There's Makes there's sense. been a lot of GoFundMe's popping up for uh like mid like you know like 300 cap room type of places like mm-hmm. all the small places are just fucking done like all the the bars that used to have shows and shit like yeah for the most part like i don't expect any of them to come back but then like the the you know three four hundred capacity rooms i think that they've been really trying to figure out a way to use like the liquor license to stay afloat but there's no mm-hmm. way that you can pay your rent for a you know a 300 capacity room if you're running the bar at 25% because right now we're at 25% capacity for like in in house dining type of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so, that's that's not gonna fly. Yeah, and that overhead, like you're not gonna be able to, to to really keep anything going on. So I'm I'm really curious to see what's gonna happen when things start to open back up and how big that restructuring is too if we're going to have new venues or if we're just not going to have fucking anything yeah for sure i can't <laughs> i'm sorry I just popped in my head but like just thinking about like how could you make a bar run in that scenario and i couldn't help but imagine a very nathan for you-esque solution of just like it's a bar but only for soundcloud rappers like, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, that that's would... the only model that would work. Is like only if you're stupid rich. Yeah, no, and so we we actually had like a couple pretty high profile raids like in the mm-hmm. past like two weeks of bars who were just like fuck it, we're not going to abide by the twenty five percent capacity rule, and then oh, they so just get just going full speakeasy, huh? Oh yeah, no, they're just going full fuck it. We'll we'll run it until the fucking the cops show up and then the cops fucking show up and there's like, you know, 200 people packed into these bars. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's been crazy. Like our, the, the rates in Maryland and in Baltimore specifically for COVID have been fluctuating pretty like violently, I would say. Cause like we were like, Larry Hogan is not a good governor, but he mm-hmm. was doing pretty well with the COVID stuff. In the, in the very beginning, he was one of, like, the more strict, like, lock it down now dudes. Mm-hmm. And then, as, like, as time went on, people in Baltimore and people in Maryland got really antsy. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have, like, like, all the predictable stuff. Like, you know, two weeks after 4th of July, we had a huge surge. And, like, you know, right after Memorial Day, like, all these, like, you know... D- family gathering drinking holidays and then baltimore is a is a very drinking town it's a very bar town Mm -hmm. and so as soon as that shit started to fluctuate with bars closing and bars reopening and and stuff like our numbers would fucking skyrocket because people were you know stuck inside and they're like oh my god i can finally go to my bar and then they're packing in there they're not wearing masks our numbers go way fucking up we shut everything down. The numbers go down. Once the numbers are down to a certain level, they open the bars back up. People go back out to the bars. The numbers rise because people are getting fucking wasted and not wearing their masks. So it's been, it's been pretty exhausting. Like yeah, that sounds taxing. And I, I hadn't even thought of that until you like pointed that out. That the twenty five percent rate is it's very easy. I think to just look at America and be like, well, this fucking country full of idiots, no wonder COVID is hitting them like this. And like, you're not wrong if you think that, but that is for sure. The other factor in play is it's not just the anti-maskers and the people who think it's all conspiracy. It's that because we are not being economically helped by our own government, it's desperation. Like I just mm-hmm. took a job where I'm going to have to go in in person every day. It's a call center. So it's not like I'm seeing a bunch of customers, but like I have to do that to live just as those bars probably had to do like that weird speakeasy shit to survive. And it's like, it's, it's not just stupidity. It's also desperation. Oh, 1 million percent. I mean like, you know, Sarah works retail and her store opened back up. And I mean, and, you know, they're running like five people in the store type of bullshit, but it's mm-hmm. still like, you know, not she doesn't have a, a car. Another big thing is public transportation. So like public yeah. transportation here is fucked. And but then like, you know, so when the world started to slowly open back up, it's like, OK, now I have to either walk on the, the crowded sidewalk or I have to. 
Mm-hmm. Take a fucking bus or take an Uber. So that's risk number one. Yep. Then once I get to the store, I have to not only worry about my fucking coworkers, I now have to worry about these customers. Yeah. And from what I've heard, the people who like still for some reason want to go to like a mid-tier clothing store during mm-hmm. a pandemic aren't the chillest people to be around. I believe it. <laughs> you know? And so it's like... It just seems like a fucking nightmare. Like, I'm kind of lucky with my job because I'm only really talking to, like, security guards, bailiffs, like, clerks, and then, like, legal assistant, like, front, like, desk people. Mm -hmm. So, like, a lot of my shit is, like, hey, I left your envelope on the other side of the glass entryway door with your name on it. Just pick it up, wave at me, drive it over to, like you know, either this courthouse or this lawyer's house and then drop it on their front door and ring the bell. So like I can, I'm pretty contactless and I've been Mm -hmm. working through the whole pandemic. So I've been watching things open up and and close down, but you are correct that like our numbers will never flatten out because people are being forced to go back to work and have to deal with these shitty situations. Like obviously grocery stores need to be open or some way there needs to be a way for people to get like food and their yeah. necessities, but that's very different than like selling someone a $75 sweater and like risking your life for that. Absolutely. I mean, that's the funny thing is that like, uh, I, I mean, I didn't go to like a mid tier clothing store, but like I had to go. You'll get there one day, recently. buddy. You'll, you'll get, you'll get there one day once, <laughs> once this comedy thing works out. Don't worry. We'll be able to get you a, a $150 sweater. Like it, we'll get there. Oh, one can dream. But like, no, I had to go clothing shopping recently and it like, it felt irresponsible to be doing it during a pandemic, but it was this thing of like, I have to look good for the job interview though. So like, fucking here I am. Isn't that fucked up in general though, that you have right? to drop money to even do the fucking interview? Oh, totally. Also, here's, here's a weird one. In, so I was job hunting for like two months and on no less than three occasions, I got roped into sitting through an MLM presentation. And most of them were essentially for health insurance, where it's a thing of like, the first red flag is they always go. Now, coronavirus has ruined a lot of industries, but us, we're thriving. And if they say that right out the gate, that like, take that as a red flag, you're about to get pitched a fucking pyramid scheme. Yeah, that but, that's that's the that's the timeshare opener right there. Uh-huh. You may wonder how you can afford this house for two weeks out of the year. Exactly, but then, yeah, I got this guy who was telling me about how uh, they work in health insurance, and uh, because we work in health insurance, that's not just medicine. That's also things like you know this three thousand dollar casket. We can bring that down to eight hundred dollars. So God. most industries are collapsing right now, but us, why? We're having record sales this last month. We were a rockin' and a rollin'. That's a direct quote, by the they way. They said a rockin' and a rollin'. He said a rockin' and a rollin' to be on the phone. And that's why I had to, like, mute and be like, oh, my God, this fucking ghoul. I have to go now. That's just like... You're that, so honestly, proud of all the death that you're profiting on. Oh, my no, God. No, I know. It's it's the lamest version of, like, war profiteering. Like, if you're yeah. going to go God of War, at least, like, sell some modified AKs. Not like, yo, we can give you this, like, race car child-sized coffin for pretty cheap right now, man. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Oh, shit. So, okay, so you saying rocking and a rolling. So, have you been following, like, the unknown Henson um dolly parton shit i just saw that today yeah so for people who don't know (laughs) i never thought i'd have to think of that name again unknown henson so unknown henson is the stage name of some fucking rockabilly dude but everyone would probably know him as the voice of early kyler on squidbillies right and he went on some fucking, like, I think it was even, like, a Facebook thing. He did. It wasn't even, like, Twitter or Instagram, right? It was on Facebook, right? I believe it was Facebook, yes. Yeah, it shows how fucking out of touch this dude is. And he went on some fucking rant against Dolly Parton supporting BLM and was basically like, listen here, bitch, like, the rednecks made you. Like, some weird shit like that. Yeah. And then he immediately got a bunch of like fan backlash and just people on the internet being like, who the fuck are you? Like, shut the fuck. Like you don't, there are like maybe 15 people that you like cannot come for because their fan base will 
eat you alive. And Dolly Parton is so far up that list. Absolutely. Well, it's just like, it's so dumb just from a standpoint of like, not only is her fan base like that, but like, how can you be involved in like any form of like country or rockabilly music without knowing that like Dolly is a marketing genius and that like her like playing like dumb blonde is like, very much that she, it's a character. Oh, it's a she's bit really she, fucking smart. She perfected that. <laughs> yeah. Bit. But I, I, so I, yeah. So then he gets fucking called out and then obviously like SJW people, like PC people were like, get this dude out of here. And I'm not a huge fan of, of those general tactics sure. of like tattling to the boss about it because it's kind of like kind of mm-hmm. boneless, but regardless, he lost a bunch of his job. So he, I guess is kicked off of Squid Billies. Yep. And his representation was like, you're never going to fucking work in music again, you fucking moron. Mm-hmm. And so he like went on the internet and like was crying. Like he first apologized and then he just started bitching and moaning about like SJWs and PC culture and all this stuff and how like, are you happy now? Like kick him in while he's down. And mm-hmm. the, the, the only two things I could think of, number one is this dude is so fucking stupid because he could have easily been Hey guys, guess what? This was a bit from my character. This isn't actually yeah. me, you fucking morons. And then people would have been like, oh, you just suck. Not, oh, you shouldn't have a job. But then the second thing I thought of was, I wonder if he's going to get a speaking slot at the RNC next week. <laughs> fucking probably. Have you seen that they announced um, the, the two of the big, two of the big, in my eyes, uh, highlights of yes, the RNC coming up. kid and, and like frantic older gun lady. I don't know either of their names. Yeah, yes. Gun, gun couple and then Covington kid are going to be fucking speakers at the RNC. I am so excited. I cannot tell you how <laughs> excited I am to watch the RNC. It's man. So I remember when I was a kid, I was like real neurotic throughout like most of my teenage years. But I was you're, convinced you're, that you, I still you am. Were, I know. You, but say you I know I still neurotic. am. But what I'm getting at is I was neurotic about this like fear of the idea that the world's going to end in my lifetime. And I wasn't ready to be like probably right. I, but what I really wasn't ready for was how fucking stupid and weird it would be. Like, all right, the DNC's got a bunch of Republicans. How does the right go further, right? Gun couple from the lawn. You know them from lawn. Like, the, what is happening to politics? It's, it's, and you can say that every day and still be right. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, it's people equate modern politics to pro wrestling. And as a lifelong wrestling fan, I'm very offended because, like, <laughs> I wish that politics were cool enough to be like adjacent to like attitude era or like old like WCW shit. Like if we could get like you know what what Scott Hall and Randy Nash like up in here just <laughs> drinking beer which is like kind of like on a the like some Florida beach in the mid 90s like that would be way better. Yeah, than, throw like, some cross-arm suck it motions. Yeah, like that would be so much better than fucking people calling everyone an anarchist. Like it's just so fucking performative and dumb at this point. Yeah. But like, so did you watch any of the DNC stuff from nah, night not one? Not yet. Nah. It was so fucking boring. It was so that. fucking dumb and so boring, and like. The only takeaway I had from it is, oh, Bernie's playing ball. That's disappointing in mm-hmm. general. You know, and I have a complicated relationship with Bernie, not like on a personal level. He doesn't like sure. owe me money or anything, but it's like he well, that always... makes one of us. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I'm com- we got you, Bernard. But like <laughs> he was always this this politician where like he was the best that we're going to get in terms of like yeah. an American politician, but you also have to remember that he's a fucking American career politician, so he's not, like, your savior. Exactly. And he's, like, you know, on, like, an actual political spectrum, he is on the left. But he's closer mm. to center-left than, you know, anything else. Totally. But people looked at him like he was this, like, reincarnation of, like, Rosa Luxemburg and shit, and it's just like, <laughs> dude, he's not, like, that great. Like, he's... 
like it, it's just very very strange and also it's like he's just an old white guy who wants people to like have health care and it's like mm-hmm. this isn't lenin like he's not mal like stop acting like you're going to join some yeah. like, revolutionary vanguard movement like it's literally a dude being like it's fucked up that you have to pay so much money for asthma medication yeah yeah exactly like i i well that's like part of what's been so frustrating about watching like just every pick from the dnc is i get i get so sick of watching everything be a compromise because that's the thing mm-hmm. is bernie was the compromise like no yeah i'm for sure left of bernie but it's like yeah like i will accept him yeah like it's it's and then everyone's just going like, well, you got to be more realistic, do all this, do all that. And it's like, man, fucking that's what we did with the Nazis. And we see how that went, right? Like, no, you pitch the high, the pie in the sky crazy thing so so you can haggle. That's how haggling works. That's that's how the idiots Republicans... don't start by bowing to them. Well, exactly. Well, that's exactly what the Trump administration does. Like, and I've heard that that's how they pitch ideas to Trump in general. But that's like the Trump administration's whole thing is they, they tell you the first crazy fucking thing, yeah. and they're like, "Oh my God, this dude wants to fucking you know put nukes on the moon," and then he settles for kids in camps. Like, yeah. it's the whole like, it's 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 baffling, and like I I hate the dnc like i i hate the democrats i hate the republicans but at least mm-hmm. the republicans know what they're doing because yeah. the dnc really at this point is just the party that that capitulates mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 not my quote but i love whoever said it uh someone took a screen grab of uh the creator of tom and jerry describing the show by saying uh uh, a child wrote in and asked and said uh does does tom hate jerry and he went no Tom loves Jerry, but he has to pretend to hate Jerry. That way his owner doesn't replace him with a, a cat that actually does hate Jerry and it will kill the mouse. And then someone took that screen cap and wrote, that's what the Democrats are to Republicans. That's how that relationship works. Oh, 100%. <laughs> that is a very accurate description of American politics. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere out in the yard, it's like, the fucking green party and then like the remnants of like the old social like workers parties just kind of like hanging out looking in through the window yep pretty much and then all day on facebook i'm just scrolling through and watching all of my california friends get mad and being like if you vote third party or if you don't vote you're a piece of shit and i just have to quietly be like "I'm, i'm gonna vote for howie hawkins but we live in California. Our votes don't matter here. It's not a swing state. That's why I'm doing this. Exactly. Dude, <laughs> 100%. I don't know. Andrew, could you please tell me the last time Maryland gave our fucking vote to a Republican? The last time Maryland voted for a Republican president was 1988. George Bush, the old one. Because we always go Democrat. Like, we are a Democrat state, like, through and through. Like, we have a Republican governor, but, like, I'm pretty sure for all the elections, we go straight up and down Democrat. Yeah. So, like, I get into that, I get into that fucking argument all the fucking time where people do that. Yeah, well, they do that shit to me. They'll be like, uh, you being critical of Biden might uh, convince people not to vote. First of all, like, as far as I understand it, this is the election that has the lowest amount of undecided voters. Yeah, Everybody knows sure. who the fuck they're going to vote for. Mm-hmm. So it's completely unrealistic to think that someone's going to look at a stupid meme from like fully automated gay luxury space <laughs> communism pages and then decide to vote for Trump because they realize Kamala Harris is secretly a cop. Like it's, it's just <laughs> fucking so... But it's just like so stupid. And... It, it, yeah, it drives me fucking insane because I'm I'm gonna vote for Howie also because this is a great time if you live in like a deep blue state to get the Green Party or get third party like some fucking numbers just to boost their awareness. Yeah, and totally. like obviously if you live in a swing state, you're probably gonna have to go blue no matter who, and that sucks. But yeah. like, I'm I'm fine. Like I I could mm-hmm. vote for whoever the fuck I want, and like it. We're still Biden's still going to win Maryland, like that. that mm-hmm. It's just it's so fucking dumb, and I understand people who 
go are doing the blue no matter who thing. I understand these people who are so scared and so anxious and we have to beat Trump at any cost. So blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that would be real if the popular vote fucking meant anything, which it doesn't. Nope. So like it, you can't like defend the electoral college and then also like try and make this argument that like everybody needs to vote for Biden because it's like it doesn't fucking matter if you live in like these deep red states mm-hmm. like vote for the person you actually want like it's 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 very 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 frustrating yeah and like i don't know if things go the way i'm afraid they're gonna vote you can always vote again after november just vote molotov yeah oh what well so biden's numbers have dropped recently like after oh, yeah, the Kamala Harris shit mm-hmm. and then like with the DNC stuff happening because there is no enthusiasm no. for the Democratic ticket. No. Like what was it? They did a poll and over 50% of people said they're voting for Biden because he isn't Trump. Like Yeah. That's the whole Democratic platform this election cycle is, hey, we're not Trump guys. And then that gives the Republicans all this room to be like, yo, we're just going to go crazy with all of our shit because we're just going to get people fucking riled up. And that's why Mm -hmm. gun couple and smirking kid are like celebrities now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. It it, it like very genuinely feels like the movie idiocracy in that Mm -hmm. like, well, for one, like, I guess eugenics are kind of being pitched in certain ways, but also like it is like that like President Camacho level pageantry. It's oh yeah, one really baffling. But he's not even that cool. Like okay, no, I I, I would be completely fine with like ex like it, when they when they brought back federal executions or whatever. It would be really cool if they were those like death by uh, like monster truck demolition derby things like that. Okay, cool. Give me that. Like oh yeah. Give me my circus and bread, like, Rome type of thing. Like, if you're going to destroy the civilization, at least let me, like, watch two dudes beat each other to death. Like, <laughs> give me something. But, like, it's 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 very insane to be living in America right now and just watching everything crumble. And, oh, if we get four more years, we will probably end up seeing way more eugenic shit because Stephen Miller yes. isn't fucking going anywhere. And he's one of... he's 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 a California guy. He's he's from your neck of the woods. Yep. And he cool is world. He is a frightening, frightening piece of shit. Yeah, I will say that is one big thing is for anyone who is in like not a swing state, who is in California or something, say you don't want to do the blue blue no matter who. Say you don't even want to do third party say you just want to not vote because fuck it i get that impulse consider the following you can vote leave the president spot blank but still vote for your local officials that's still important y'all like that's, please that, also that's still do most, that that's the most important thing right now and unfortunately people really really overlook that like yeah change starts at the local level 100% the higher up you go the less it fucking matters and affects mm-hmm. you you need to be looking at every your fucking city council your fucking comptroller like your sheriff mm-hmm. especially fucking sheriffs and oh, shit oh god yeah dude so it's fucking tight tonight um today is the 18th so tonight's night two of the DNC and the the guy who is running for mayor of Baltimore is being the person like representing Maryland mm-hmm and it's very exciting. He's like a super progressive, like younger black dude named Brandon Scott. Okay. Yeah. He, if you're going to watch it, look out for him. He's, he's, he's like, what's up? I heard about him back like a while ago because he was running for mayor and he was one of the big speakers for an organization that was trying to get more bike lanes in the city. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, okay, this guy seems pretty fucking cool. And then he just kept on popping up and all these like, very like progressive like young people oriented causes like okay fuck yeah like he was like involved with a lot of like the marches and stuff and it was like like so i'm i'm very energized about him and like after bernie i'm very hesitant to be energized about any politician yeah, about anything ever 
Yeah, but at least he's a Democrat running for mayor, so it's it's going to be very difficult to get a Republican mayor in Baltimore. For sure. And like he's he's really really looking more and more like the guy who's going to become mayor. And like I'm very excited for him, but like yeah, people need to fucking look at their and just you need to know all your local stuff. And I know that like mm-hmm. the DSA, you can go to the DSA's website. Yeah, and, they make like, guides for your local shit usually. Yeah, the for the primary season, I just went straight DSA ticket because mm-hmm. I knew a handful of them, and I didn't know like I had no idea the difference between like the you know, like the various like judges or the um like what public defenders and the judges and all this shit. So I just went straight DSA ticket. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and then every now and then you might get some where it doesn't even show up on that because it's like hyper localized. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I remember one year I, I was voting in Chatsworth, which is a, a small little suburb of Los Angeles. And so DSA had everything covered except for like real local Chatsworth inside baseball shit. And even then you can still just kind of tell by seeing like, okay, Democrat, Republican, my favorite instance of knowing without really knowing the candidates was I had to vote between some lady, I forget her name and Jesse, lower taxes something like he, he put like lower taxes as his nickname in parentheses as a middle name and it's like that's the fastest way to make me not vote for you that's that's okay look i will i, I will give that man so much credit for going full ocho cinco right like, <laughs> like respect but like wrong platform for me <laughs> yeah no i mean it, look at least he's putting it out there and he's like i am the lower taxes guy so <laughs> look no further that's oh my god that's so fucking crazy it's always it is very interesting when i think about like the steve bannons and the millers and all these people and they're all products of california because everyone thinks of like the west coast and you know <laughs> as this like bastion of like liberal whatever and it's all just like yoga moms and little dogs but like there are a lot of like the pendulum swinging the other way people in mm-hmm. you know in california like oh totally obviously well obviously you had like reagan but like it, it's it's always interesting to hear about like these hyper conservatives who are just kind of like hanging out in los angeles oh yeah and it's a way bigger thing than people ever realize like i I get accused of that a lot of like, just like yelling into an echo chamber whenever mm-hmm. I like go on political rants on social media. But like, what you need to understand is that like, well, one, I'm from North Carolina originally. So a lot of people I know from there don't hold the same values as me. And I actually am talking to someone and I'll get messages about, it, but also like California is not the liberal bastion people think it is back when mm-hmm. I lived in Chatsworth. I was in walking distance of a fucking Nazi bar. And I learned that the hard way because one day I went in and I had a shaved head at the time just because I worked in a welding shop and it was summer and it was hot. And I didn't notice that everyone else also had shaved heads. It all hit when a girl walked in with a hat that literally said Nazi across the brim. No, and then I realized, like, oh, I know where I am now. I have to leave now. Was it was it like a wide brim, like flat brim hat? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Say like crunk or like twerk. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Not... Like New York hardcore style, totally. That's so fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, this was back in 2014, and at that time, I I hadn't been fully. No, I, I was still pretty radicalized, but like I didn't understand that fascism was anywhere near the horizon. So mm-hmm. I just remember seeing her, and I couldn't comprehend that that was a legitimate Nazi in 2014. So my legitimate first thought was, all right, that's it. Hipster girls have taken irony too far this time. <laughs> until I <laughs> until I like asked her about it, and then she explained, that, like, no, I'm part of the White Nationalist Party, and that's when it hit that, oh, I have to leave. And you look around, and everyone's wearing fucking the the Fred Perry shirts, and you're like, oh, oh, it's like yeah. that part in the movie where you just zoom in on all this shit everywhere, and you're like, oh god, no, these people aren't like World War II enthusiasts, like yeah, I just had that like Alfred Hitchcock hallway zoom moment. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> that shit. Do you know of anybody that like people should be on the lookout for, either as someone who rocks or someone who sucks, like in the California like political sphere? Uh, I, you know, if you'd have asked me like three or four days ago, I could have told you, mm-hmm. but 
what with like just moving and all that stuff, my yeah, no, totally. my head is a total fog on a lot of local politics. I can get back to you and maybe we can drop in the episode later or something, but we can we can like put it on the Twitter or something. Like I'm not super worried about it, but you know, like I, I, I find whenever I talk to like homies around the country or around the world, there's always like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, we have this dude who's just like, you know, he's running for Senate and he's like a QAnon guy and he's just straight up like has a Confederate flag in his garage, so, like, fuck that dude, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Have you seen any of the Save the Children Pizzagate QAnon shit being in Hollywood? Um, thankfully I haven't spoken to anyone with it, but, like, I've seen a stray, like, cardboard sign with scrawlings on it here and there. Like, like, like a lawn? Like a lawn sign? Uh, not a lawn sign, like, um... Or especially around like the North Hollywood station, you get a lot of like very evangelical types that have like the sandwich like signs. Oh God, yeah. With like their political screeds on it. So like I've seen one or two that I didn't really have a chance to like take a good look at because I was on the way to work. But I know they're out there. I just haven't. I haven't seen a ton, and I haven't had a lot of time to like really examine or interact. Not that I really want to. If you can, if you can find one and then record that conversation. <laughs> chef's chef's kiss for that, that <laughs> because i know that like the hollywood was like where the big save the children rally was and we talked about mm-hmm. how save the children is just the newest version of QAnon because they got kicked off twitter and all this shit and how mm-hmm. very sad it is that they're that they're getting well-meaning suburbanite moms involved in the craziness that is you know all that shit but like yeah, I didn't know if you've if you've seen any of that shit since you're you're kind of in like, you know, you're you're kind of like ground zero for all of that like real real lunacy that that Los Angeles really kind of bumps up in people. Yeah, like now it's hard to not notice just by like walking down the street because North Hollywood is like that. But because I was in Santa Monica, it was a lot of just like sitting in my bunker, aware that the world's burning outside, but not really being able to see how. So yeah. it's, I'm sure that that narrative is going to change for me pretty soon. Speaking of saving the children, though, I want to tell you about some children. Welcome to Hollis's History Corner. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So, you know the Jersey Devil? Like. I'm- I am familiar of it from the Coheed and Cambria song. That's how I first found out okay. about it back in the day. Um, no, yeah, my mom was, like, really into all, the, like, the weird New Jersey, like, weird Delaware books. So I For am sure. not intimately familiar with Mr. Devil, but I, I know enough <laughs> to, to sort of add to this conversation. But okay. what's up with uh, the Jersey Devil? Yeah, I, th- I think my first introduction was the PlayStation 1 game, and then I learned like the story about how um, the 13th daughter of the Leeds family was about to have her 13th son, and as she was about to give birth, she said, let this one be the devil. And this, so as she gave birth, sure enough, uh, a hooved and winged creature with a long bat tail came out and then flew up the chimney and lo- went away. And that was the birth of the Jersey Devil. At least that's the story we get today. Let me tell you the real story of the Jersey Devil. Because it started as a political insult. Did it really? Yes. It's actually Benjamin Franklin is the real father of the Jersey Devil. Well, he was fucking everybody. So it makes sense that one of his Hellfire <laughs> Club orgies just sort of like, you know, some like barmaiden in France like squirted out this like winged beast. Well, so this one, it all started with the Leeds family. That part is true. Uh, and they did, like, the the mother of the Leeds family, she was the 13th mother, and they did have 13 kids. But that was just tacked on later as just fun flavor text. What it really came down to was the head of the family, Daniel Leeds, he would write almanacs all the time. Mm-hmm. And the Leeds family was still royal to the crown in England. And so, at the same time, Benjamin Franklin is putting out poor Richard's almanac, which of course was like the onion of its time. It was all satire where he would like play a really dumb character. And he wrote a thing endorsing Daniel Leeds, which of course is really an insult because if poor Richard likes you, that means that you're also bad and dumb. I, I am so, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about this almanac beef. 
And oh, the yeah, fact yeah. that I got to even say almanac beef just made my day so much better. <laughs> yep. Oh, it, it was an almanac beef, and it went back and forth because was, that was like the blogs of their time. Oh, God. So this was like a fucking first-generation fucking like Twitter fight? Yes, it, that's exactly what it was. The internet has always been the worst even before the internet existed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, so poor Richard writes about Daniel Leeds. Daniel Leeds doesn't take kindly to this. And so in his next almanac, he puts that thing about how Benjamin Franklin is an idiot. Poor Richard's almanac is terrible. All this garbage. And, you know, of course, Benjamin Franklin being who he is, he decides to have fun with it. And so in his prophecy section of his next almanac, he writes about how on this day, this year, this time, Daniel Leeds will die. So then the next almanac comes out from Daniel where he's like, well, look at that. That date passed. I didn't die. See that? It's nothing. I'm fucking Ben Franklin's an idiot. This guy and, sounds like such an obnoxious neckbeard. Oh, totally. So then Benjamin Franklin responds. Well, no, 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 no. See, the prophecy was correct. Daniel Leeds did die. What we've been speaking to is the Jersey Devil that has possessed his corpse. And so for years and years to come, Jersey Devil was just this like sneering thing that you would say to make fun of anyone who was still pro-monarchy during early American times. And then years and years later, a guy that ran a freak show heard that story and was like, well, no one knows what a Jersey Devil is anymore. And I got a kangaroo and I got some paint and I know about this whole 13th dollar stuff. So we painted up a kangaroo with some stripes, put a fake wings on its back. And then just gave the 13th daughter story, ignoring the real political origins of it. Because, yeah, it was an, it was an anti-monarchist insult originally. I did not. I, I legitimately didn't know that at all. It's crazy, right? That's actually very, very funny. That's like because like Redcoat, the, the, the best insult that I've heard for someone who was pro-monarchy was lobster back. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Yeah, lobster back is pretty good, but the Jersey Devil thing is actually pretty sick. Because the Jersey Devil that I'm familiar with, yeah, it's like the demon spawn of the 13th daughter who, yeah. like, they kicked it out of the house. They, like, lived in the woods or something and would, like, mm-hmm, eat mm-hmm. people. Like, that whole fucking, like, it was like this weird, like, spring-heeled jack type of thing going on. Like, totally. <laughs> did you ever watch, oh, fuck, there was, it was the movie that, um... Um, the Blair Witch ripped off, and it's about the Jersey Devil. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so there's even know that existed. Yeah, so obviously, like the Blair Witch came out, and it takes place near me. It takes place in in Maryland, right? Okay. So it was really, really, really big in in Maryland specifically because I think it's in like uh, where is it? Is it in Burkittsville, Uh, Andrew? Where does the Blair Witch take place. The Blair Witch Project took place in Burkittsville, which is just west of Frederick, Maryland. But wherever it is, it's like local, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it came out, all the reviews and everything in the newspaper was like, blah, 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 like local kids go missing in new thriller. And and people thought this shit was real. Like they thought that this found footage was actually real. Back when you could do that. Back when you could still kind of get away with like an Orson Welles you know, scenario. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being very, very young. This was like around the time when like the Harry Potter books were still like pretty fresh and everyone's really freaking out about magic and demons still. Like th- I think that people really forget how real satanic panic shit was. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so anyway, like the, the Blair Witch was a huge success, but it is a very, very, very big ripoff of a movie that came out a little bit before then and it's the same fucking story except it takes place in new jersey and they're hunting for the jersey devil interesting i have to and find that yeah i if i can remember what it's called or if andrew can can uh drop in what that movie is called then we'd be good but like the movie you are referring to is called the last broadcast it, it, it's legit like it's like a, a film like a college like a community college like film crew like kids are like we want to go find the jersey devil and then they like put an ad in the paper or like on the internet or something and then mm. they find this kid who says that he's like a psychic or whatever 
And so then they bring this like fucking psycho early nineties, like nine inch nails type of kid, like on this camping trip. And then he just like goes berserker and like kills a bunch, like kills them in the woods, like goes nuts in the woods. Oh yeah. 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 While they're hunting for the Jersey devil. And it's like, this dude's like cutting himself with a razor and it's like, He's like, this came here magically. And they're like, dude, you cut yourself with a razor. He's like, no, I didn't. It's the demons. Like, it's that kind of, it's, it's, <laughs> okay. it's really cool. But yeah, no, that whenever I think of Jersey devil, I think of the Coheed and Cambria song and also of the better sure. version of the Blair Witch Project. Okay. Man, I forgot that that was a Coheed song. That's yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm going to have to go revisit that. I'm not going to fucking lie. I, I will go back and revisit Coheed like mm-hmm. once a year same and it's not bad but it's not good enough to really do more than like a one week of being like oh this was my favorite record back in the day and now it's like i like i like a good riffy cheese metal every now and then you know yeah it, it's one where like every now and then i'll listen to second stage turbine blade or in keeping secrets of silent earth I oh think yeah that's the second album um yeah. Yeah, I'll listen to like one of those two and be like, "Hell yeah, this rules." Tell no one that you're into this. Mm-hmm. This is my secret. This is my shame. <laughs> I'll like I'll have like a weird day where like I'm listening to the radio or I'm listening to something else and I'll hear like a, a really cheesy guitar solo and I'll be like, "Okay, if I want to go down this road, I'll put on Good Apollo and then mm-hmm. I'll, you know, this like weird Pink Floyd worship. And then next thing I know, it's like, I'm just going through all. Cause there was like that weird time where it's like, you know, like boys night out, put out train wreck and then coheeds over here. Everyone's putting out these like epic records with all these fucking mm-hmm. guitar solos and shit. Uh, uh, I wish the people, I wish that people would have kept going down that road instead of like the metalcore throwback stuff that we have now. Boy. Yeah. A lot of metalcore, a lot of, I don't. I still don't entirely get why new metal seems to be coming back in the DIY scene. I, but I, I feel like if I complain about it, then I'm just an old man yelling at kids on his lawn. So I just yeah, let them have their fun. I guess I, I just don't get it. <laughs> that makes more sense to me than the metalcore stuff, just because like limp. Bi- you have to remember also like Limp Biscuit and Corn and like all of these like new metal bands. They were on like MTV and on the radio back in the day, like for sure. Like so, they were fucking huge bands, and like they were fucking good. Like, Corn put out a lot of really good records. You know, like Deftones put out. If you want to call Deftones new metal, like they put out a lot of really fucking good records. But then everyone sort of cheesed on them because like it was cool to cheese on you know music on the radio back then, and so now like people are like in their late twenties, early thirties and revisiting music from their childhood. And they're like, Oh wait, like this shit actually is pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, I mean, I'm, I am completely fine with the new metal stuff coming into the DIY scene. I would do, do you know how fucking excited I would be if I went to a fucking basement show and I found a fucking band that sounded like incubus. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Well, you know, probably I, I'm not going to lie. I never really had a new metal phase. So maybe that's why I don't get it. Because when you say Incubus, I just know that one song. Uh, the, not a perfect person. That yeah, that's Hoobastank. That is Hoobastank. I don't is... even remember what Incubus sounds like. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You'll appreciate this as someone who's from the, the East Coast and uh, the South of the East Coast. Mm. My most vivid Hoobastank memory is going to a fucking NASCAR race in Virginia Beach with my dad. And in the beginning of the race, they had like the big tower on the track and they had music videos playing while people were like going to their seats. But they only had like seven songs that they just played in rotation. They were obviously like playing a DVD on this big Mm. screen. And one of them was that Hoobastank song. And so it would be all these like really intense country songs and then just hooba stank hell yeah that's everything i want it was <laughs> dude oh god that... and some hooba stank to some some drunk roughed up dads dude loving it just so much hair and so few teeth it was a sight to behold just no shirts like no wives it was 
it was pandemonium. But damn, now it just got me thinking of all the weird ass like music that was on the radio back in the day. For sure. Not to really go down like that whole <laughs> nostalgia hole, but like I think that we really took for granted how diverse pop music was. Oh, totally. Like, have you ever watched the video of like the drummer for TLC? It was either TLC or Destiny's Child, and he's like mm-hmm. tracking because like that, those are like actual drums on those songs, and so there's like videos of him like recording those drum parts. Oh, that's rad. Oh yeah, like I, I've gone through like weird holes where it's like all those like old rap and R and B artists from like the '90s, and they like had actual musicians like playing those instruments. They weren't just sampled. One that caught me off guard was uh, a couple years ago, the gal I was dating at the time was decided that she wanted to go back and really revisit Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And that's when I, I had to like sit down with them for a minute and I realized like, what the fuck? Like NSYNC uses like chiptune samples every now and then. Like, oh yeah, they were doing some shit that was ahead of their time and I just took it for granted. The backing music in NSYNC was infinitely better than the music that the Backstreet Boys used. But the Backstreet Boys had, I think that they had a way stronger like vocal performance. Yeah, that's that was kind of my takeaway, is that in the war between NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, like they won in different fields. And that mm-hmm. I think they were both trying to be boys to men, and Backstreet Boys did a better job at that. But NSYNC did a better job of like being innovators. Oh, 100%. NSYNC was really just riding on Justin Timberlake, but Backstreet Mm -hmm. Boys really didn't have that. They could never have that equivalency, so they just sort of... They kind of tried with Nick Cannon, but that didn't go anywhere, really. Nick Nick who? (laughs) Nick Cannon? You mean Nick Carter? Carter, shit. Nick Cannon is a different human altogether. Why does this keep happening? All right, this this is a great, great (laughs) place to end it. We are at time. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so thank you hollis for being <laughs> on the show really yeah. really appreciate you do you what do you have anything you want to plug or where people can find you and shit uh i'm on twitter um my handle is at crying box uh because my at handle was a spoonerism of my dead name i gotta get a new handle no um, no crying box is really good all right um yeah, that's basically it. I'm. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Hollis Black. I don't really have any projects or anything to plug at the moment, so know, follow me there, and I'll let you know if I have future plugs there. Yeah, no, and then I'll I'll link out to you on when I when the when the episode drops, and so you can find Bolshevik on all the socials, and then through that page you can find links to my stuff, Jordan's stuff, and Andrew's stuff. Um, Please, if you like the show, um, subscribe and tell your friends. Um, we're not doing any type of advertising right now because we don't want to give any fucking money to any of these tech assholes. So the, really the only way that the word can be spread is you know, through word of mouth. So we really do appreciate um, getting new listeners and shit. We got a listener in Poland with like the new country that we got, which is fucking crazy because they oh, yeah. are... F- I mean, it's cool that people are potentially fighting actual fascists over there while listening to our dumbass show. So that's <laughs> that's fucking cool. And then, you know, we obviously we have the Patreon for five bucks a month. You get an extra episode every week, and then a link to the Discord chat and all that shit. But um, yeah, that's that's it. Thank you, buddy. I, I really appreciate you being on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is a blast. Hell yeah. We'll, we'll have you back on again to report what's going on in the West Coast field office. Especially if you can get your hands on someone who's like super into fucking Save the Children or QAnon. I might try. We'll see. Or if you can get a Scientologist. Maybe easier, maybe harder. I don't know. I'm weighing the metrics of like which of you is more likely to get me sick. Oh, And God. which of you is more likely to try and get me into a cult. I, I feel like the... Definitely Q people are going to be anti-vaxxers. You might be able to find a Scientologist wearing a mask. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Hell yeah. All right. Well, bye. (laughs) Bye.